Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now tonight, I'm going to talk to you about don't worry, pray. In other words, what do you do to counter worry? You pray. And so we're going to look into some of that tonight. This is really, I don't know, this outline that I've got, I've gone all over the place. And it's just really more than a sermon. It is some thoughts that I want to share with you and help you in your prayer um, growth, I will call it. I've done prayer schools. Uh, I've done all kinds of things like that. But tonight, this is just kind of a miscellaneous prayer smorgasbord. How's that? Okay, well, at least you'll understand it as I get in it. Uh, Proverbs 14.30 in the Amplified Bible, it says, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and the health of the body. Now, I want you to think about that. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. So we can see worry... If you think about this, if you're a worrier, if you're a person that is prone to anxiety and anxiousness and all those things, what happens is it begins to rob you of the calmness that brings the health and life into your mind and your body, okay, and your heart too. It's the health of the body. Now, listen to this in the Living Bible. A relaxed life lengthens your life. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you're a person of prayer, this, this is not how you spend time in your prayer closet. Oh my God, I come to you today and I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. So-and-so is driving me crazy. They've got so many problems and, you know, that is not calm and relaxed. When you go into prayer, do you need to tell the Lord about some of that stuff? Of course you do. Of course you do. You talk to him about that. But I'm going to tell you, when you're all anxious and uptight over everything, and when you run to the Lord, that's the way you run to him constantly, you're not going to experience the strength that I talked about earlier that comes through prayer. Strength comes through prayer. I said that last time when I ministered. Amen? So, a relaxed life lengthens your life. Did you understand that? Do you know what lengthen your life means? It means give you more days. In other words, you can cut your life short or you can extend your days. See, some people, uh, just not too long ago, I was in a situation with a person who'd lost a loved one and around them. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they said is there's, it's appointed unto man once to die, and this was their time. And I didn't say anything, but I wanted to say, yes, but you can lengthen your days or you can cut your days short. Now, that's not condemnation. 
You know, that's not. But what, why do you come to church every week? Why do you hear the Word of God? So that you can grow, so that you can develop, so that you can get out a lot of the worries and the care and the fretting and, and the uptightness, you know? So you can make your way through that and you can live uh, in a way to where you can be at peace. Everybody faces situations where anxiety will try to come, where worry will try to just hang over you like a cloud. But we need to understand that we can do something about it and we don't have to live in that arena. But we can come out of there and we can have the victory in our life and be at peace in the middle of the storm. You remember Jesus? In the middle of the storm, he said, peace, be still. In the middle of our storms, we can speak peace, be still. Amen? All right. Now, prayer gives you the opportunity to give it to the Lord, whatever the care and the worry is. It gives you that opportunity to take it to the Lord and then leave it there. Now, I picture this very often. And I picture when I've got things that are troubling me, when I've got things that are on my mind. And, and look, nobody's saying that it's not a legit, legitimate concern when these things come. We're not saying that. But you got to learn how to deal with it. Now, Paul learned how to deal with care and worry and all that. You remember he said, the care of the church comes upon me daily. And so he had to learn, how do I deal with it? I remember one time reading, I think it's, uh, you know, maybe in 2 Corinthians, that, that may not be right. But, but he's talking about, I was pressured so heavily, it was like a rock that was laying upon my chest and I couldn't get it off. I couldn't do anything, you know. The, here's the man that said those things, that knew how worry and care and all those things can come upon you, but he had a way of dealing with it, and it's to give it to the Lord and to leave it there. But I was telling you, uh, in my own life, I, a lot of times I just envision this, and I envision when I have all the, these things coming against me, you know, it might be with someone in my family, it might be with someone in the church, a situation, whatever the case may be, and I see myself bowing before the Lord, and I see myself leaving it there. When I get up, I don't have it when I get up. I don't, I don't pick it back up. I leave it there. And then if the devil comes back and tries to say, now, look, I want you to look at so-and-so. You prayed about that. You know, you turned it over to the Lord, but I want you to look at it. And it's like, no, devil, you're not getting me there. I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. I don't accept it. You're a liar. You get away from me. You say you say that out loud? I certainly do if I'm, if I'm in a place where I can. But if I wasn't, I'll say it internally. Nope, I'm not receiving that. Nope, that's not mine. That's not mine. I'm not taking it. I left it with Jesus and that's where I'm going to leave it. And see, prayer gives us the ability to be able to do that, to leave the care and the worry and fretting and everything in life. And Lord knows that you know, the Bible talks about that in the last days, and we are in the last of the last days, that men's hearts will fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. Well, we could worry, we could fret, we could get anxious over that, have anxiety over it. 
But that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. We don't need to get in with the world fearing. We don't have to fear. Jesus is coming for the church. Now, if, you, if you're half-stepping at one foot in the world and one foot in the church, I'm not going to give you a lot of confidence. You're going to have to get your confidence before the Lord. He'll have to give you that. Well, you need to be reassuring. I am reassuring to anyone that lives for the Lord, but when you half live for God and half live in the world, I don't, you know, you have to take that up with him. I'm not the judge and jury, but he is, you know, so I just say this, I would be afraid to live that way. Knowing what I know, I would be afraid. Oh, but God forgives there's no condemnation and I believe that I believe God forgives and I believe there's no condemnation but I do believe that you have to repent before that happens well isn't that shocking okay Proverbs 24 19 moving right along fret not thyself because of evil men neither be envious of the wicked now I want you to understand that. When, when the evil men, just like I was talking about, the, end, the last of the last days, the fear that's coming upon the earth and all of that, and the evil men are everywhere. We are not to fret because of those things. But now I'm going to tell you, Luke 18.1, let's just go ahead and turn over there. Let's turn to Luke 18.1. Instead of fretting and worrying when we see evil men, when we see wickedness, listen to this. And this is Jesus speaking. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, I want us to put that up in the Amplified Bible. Can we look at that in the Amplified? Will you put it up there out of that version? And let's just look at it for a minute. It says, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not, listen to this, turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Now see, if you look to evil men, if you look to wickedness, if you look to what's on the face of the earth and what's coming on the face of the earth, then you'll turn coward, you'll give up, and you'll faint. Now you know what fainting is. Fainting, you know, if someone faints, uh, you know, they might be standing here, they look perfectly fine, but the next minute they're out. They just fall out. They have no strength. They have no ability. They're out of it. And see, in the spirit, people faint. They grow weary and they give up. But God said, don't give up. If you'll pray all the time in every situation, you'll make it. You'll make it to the other side. You'll make it with a victory. You'll triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen? Now, we're trying to tell you how to stand in difficult times and not worry and not become anxious, but use your prayer life and touch God and use his word as a sword to cut down what the enemy has built up to keep you away from what God has from you. Now, 1 Peter 5, 7, you're very familiar with this. Many of you would be. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. 
Now, that's reassuring to me because he said, take the care that I have and cast it over on him. If I were to take tonight this microphone and cast it from here to there, I wouldn't hit you guys with it. But if you cast it away, that means I don't have it. It means I took it and threw it away. I threw it to another place away from where I am, casting all your care upon who? Him, Jesus. Why? Because he cares for, well, God doesn't care what's going on in my life. He hasn't helped me. That's not true. You need to just count your blessings. Sometimes we're so busy looking at the problems, we do not count our blessings. There are good things that are going on in our life every day, but all we can see is what's looming before us, and this is where we need to take all of these things and cast it on the Lord and give it to Him. And see, that is prayer. Let's read that out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified just says so many good things, and uh, we'll read this scripture out of there, won't we? Casting the whole of your care Listen, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Affectionately and watchfully, he cares about you. Now, just leave that up there for just a minute. All your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns, give them to Jesus. You're not a burden bearer. You cannot bear them. You're going to break down under the weight of it. I'll just tell you that you will. You're no different than me. We're all the same. Human beings were not made for that. We have to give them to the Lord. Recently, I had been in prayer. Now, see, I learn a lot of things in prayer, and then I come in and tell you. But I was in prayer over a situation where I was just much troubled. I mean much troubled. And I go to the Lord and I pray and I would give it to him. And I went and I said, okay, God, I do cast this care upon you. I know that you love everybody in this situation. I know that you do. And you want what's best for everybody here. And so once and for all, I give it to you. And then I had the opportunity where I could start looking to a person to do something to fix it, but it wasn't happening. And I had to go back to the Lord and see, I wanted to pick it back up again. I wanted to start fretting and worrying and having concern over it. Now, having concern as far as, you know, that you love somebody, that that kind of concern uh, we're not talking about. We're talking about where it's heavy upon you, where you can't, uh, you know, get anything from the Lord. Your faith is, that's the kind of concern that will weigh you down. I'm not, but, but there's concern where you love someone and you want the best for them. Okay. But it's a different, it's a different kind. And so it was just like, I could just hear the Holy Spirit saying, okay, did you trust me with it or not? Are you looking to man to fix it or are you looking to me? Now, God can use a man, but I'm not looking to it because I don't know where the answer and where the breakthrough could come. 
And I just said, Lord, I just tell you once and for all, I'm looking to you. I'm not going to get snared. I'm not going to get caught up in that trap. I believe you are the one that can orchestrate, divinely orchestrate the situations that are needed to help that situation. And how many times I've been in that position, I just cannot tell you because we're no different. We're all the same. We deal with things and we can let it just heap upon us, so to speak. But we have to once and for all deal with it and then stand behind what we prayed and believe God to do something about it. Amen. You know, in Matthew 6, um, we can turn there, I guess. Matthew 6. And I'm going to look at... Um, let's look at... Um, Verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now he's saying, take no thought for tomorrow, what you're going to eat, one place says what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, and all those kinds of things. Now, is he saying be irresponsible, don't plan, don't have a budget, you know, don't do reasonable things? No. And I'm not suggesting it, so don't you go out of here and do ridiculous things and say I said that, because that's not what I'm saying. What Jesus is saying here, you don't worry and fret over tomorrow. You pray about it. You cast your care on the Lord. You trust him with it. And he's going to make a way for you to have the food, for you to have the provision and everything that you need. Now, I've seen people do, well, God knows what I need. So, you know, I'm, I, I, di I didn't say be stupid. I, di I didn't say, you know, not do reasonable things. But there's no sense in worrying about that you do what you can do if I tell you what if you if you are a tither and you are a giver God is going to take care of you I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread God is going to take I don't know where it's going to come from I can't tell you that, and you might not be able to figure it out, but God will take care of you. And so fretting over it and getting anxious over it is not going to change it. But prayer, faith, and prayer will. See, now when I, see, I need to make a point. I told you smorgasbord. But prayer and faith go hand in hand. Your prayer is not going to produce anything if you don't have faith. You've got to have faith. What faith? Faith in God. Well, when you have faith in God, that means you have faith in his word. Jesus is the word made flesh and dwell among us. He dwells among us through the word of God. Isn't that wonderful? And so faith and prayer go together, hand in glove. Your prayer's not going to work if you don't have faith. When I see a promise, see, this is, this is what I do. When I see a promise in the Word of God, 
And I've done this for many years. I see a promise in the Word of God. Lord, I take that. I need a house. I need a car. Uh, You know, just all the provision that you have to have to live in this life. I need this. I, I need that. I take the promises of God. Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He will give it you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and I'm going to do it. And if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. See, but it takes faith. When I, I see that, I believe that, and I pray that. Okay, then here comes worry and here comes care and all this kind of stuff. What do you do? You cast that over on the Lord. Nope, not, not bearing that burden, not able to do that. I receive my answer. When do you receive your answer? Believe, Mark 11, 24 and around in there. When you pray, believe you receive... And you'll have it. You'll receive it. Believe you receive and you'll have it. Believe that you take it when you pray. That's really what that means. Believe that you take it when you pray and it's yours. Okay, so when you get up and you prayed, you've given things to the Lord, you cast the care off. So you received what you prayed for The minute you prayed, not when it's manifested, not when you see it. Now, see, this is where people of faith will be ridiculed. You'll be called a fanatic. Even other Christians will because they don't understand what I'm saying. But you know what? I'm not going to let their ignorance take away where God wants to take me, the growth that he wants me to experience. I'm not going to be talked out of that. I was ignorant, and I didn't know the word of God. I loved the Lord, but then I started reading the Bible for myself rather than just listening to someone. Now, you're listening tonight, and that's good, but you better read that book for yourself. It's not, it's not just for somebody else to tell you. See, that's what I did for years. I let somebody else tell me. And they were telling me some good things. Except there were so many things that were left out. <laughs> they were left out. I didn't know it because I never looked. And then I started reading. And it's like, oh my God. I can remember Eddie and I, when we read the Bible, we just, you know, it was probably in 19... 19- 72, maybe three, somewhere around in there. But we, we got a living Bible and we started reading the Bible. And, and we would just show each other. Can you be- look here? Look what it says here. These people were healed. They put faith in God and they were healed. Look at miracles happened here. Miracles, signs and wonders. This was the early church and look what was happening. And we're just going back and forth. There was such a hunger. But you know, see, when you get in the word of God, you develop more hunger for the word of God. Right. Well, I don't really care you know, I can't seem to get into the Bible. Well, there's a reason for that. You got, you got to stir up the appetite. You start reading it. You start looking into the Scripture. And it starts getting in you and stirring something up in you. And I'm telling you, before we know it, you're a fanatic. And that's okay. It's okay to be 
a fan of God. Amen. All right. Um, I want you to turn with me here to Luke 21. Luke 21. And verse number 34. And I think, let's see, yeah, we'll read this first. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unaware. Now listen to this. Take heed to yourself. Pay attention to your own life. Take responsibility. Take control. Well, I, I, they made me do it. It was their fault. We live in a nation and in a world, really, that takes no responsibility for themselves. I'll blame it on somebody else. Let's have a lawsuit. Let's sue somebody and get some money. Well, let's see if we can get some money. No. He said, you take heed or you take responsibility for yourself lest at any time your hearts or your spirit are overcharged. What does this word overcharge mean? It means weighted down. It means depressed. It means overloaded. There are just times where we just get so loaded down, we just think if one more little is laid on the stack of the pile that is on us, weighing us down, we're just going to crumble. See, we get weighted down. We get depressed. And so you have to take heed to yourself. You have to look after yourself that that doesn't happen. And, it, and if it is happening, that you do something to change it. It means burdened also. Burdened and overpowered. And this word surfeiting has to do with gluttony and drunkenness. And so that's overindulgence. And then in one place it talks about the overindulgence is just not food and drink, but it, it ha has to do with business affairs, you know, where it says cares of this life. It has to do with your business affairs. Do you ever, I mean, you know, even in the church, business affairs, I mean, it can get so heavy and so pronounced, you know, what you have to do and all the responsibility. But he said, don't be overburdened with the affairs of your business or anything like that. I've seen it so many times. We were talking at lunch just on Sunday, but I've seen it so many times that people, you know, they, they want to increase, they, they want uh, prosperity in their life, they, they, they want financial uh, growth and that kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But they want it to the point to where they start seeking after that. Don't seek after rich, riches is what the Bible tells us. Seek the kingdom of God. And so then they start giving all of their life completely over to their business affairs. And then what happens is what we see here. They're overloaded and they're overpowered. Do you have to take responsibility for your job? Yes, you do. If you're employed by someone, you've got to do what it takes to do the job. So I'm not telling you that you can't, if, if you are not a good employee and you're a Christian, that's a sin to me. 
If you get paid for doing a certain thing and you're to be there at certain hours and responsibilities, and then you need to do it. But you see, the word is balance. There's balance in everything. You got to balance. You can't be overcharged. You can't be uh, overpowered by those kinds of things. And they may be things that where you have responsibility. You know, I can remember as a young mom, and, and some of you young moms in here, I, I really do, I understand what it's like, you know, to have a job in ministry, have children, have a husband. Um, and I was going to school at the same time. And there were times where I just wanted... But the Holy Spirit would just tell me, balance, balance. Do what you have to do now. Take care of your kids. Take care of your husband. Take care of the responsibilities at the church. And I'm going to help you through school. And I, I went through school, and I made perfect score every time. Sometimes I was concerned, but I still did it anyway. But saying all that to say... Even a young mom, see what you can do, the cares of this life. Oh my gosh, I got to cook, I got to clean, uh, I got to, you know, take care of the kids, got to take them to sports, uh, you know, help them do their homework, do my job. And I mean, you know, we could just go on and on and on. And see, that's a woman, that's my perspective because I have it. Some of you men, uh, you know, your perspective, you, you've got a business. Maybe you have your own business or maybe you're working for someone else and there's a lot of pressure upon you and how do you deal with that and how do you handle it? See, don't get overburdened. Don't get overpowered with all the care and everything that's related to life. Life brings with it lots of pressure and lots of care, but we have to learn what we do with that. Now, I started thinking about this, and I really believe that what we're seeing manifested today, you know, the eating disorders that we see, I believe that it comes right out of there. I really do. I think things eat at us so much, so much worry, so much care. Something has happened. Things have been done, whatever the case may be. And we're to the point where it is just, it, we're, we, we might feel like Paul where that stone is upon us and it's just holding us down and there's so much pressure and you can't get up. But see, what, what it relates to here is eating and drinking. Well, what... You know, uh, the dis eating disorders, you know, anorexia and, and the other eating disorders, I, b I believe it's, it's related to that. I really do. Now, you say, well, I don't think that. Well, I'm teaching tonight, so <laughs> next time you teach, you can say what you want to, okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I just had to say that. Okay. Last week... I shared some, not last week, but two weeks ago, I shared some things with you about um, several scriptures that told us that we were to be devoted to prayer. People devoted to prayer. If you want to get that message, I'm sure you can. Um, so if we are to be devoted to prayer as the early church was, and we read about that in Acts 2, we read about it in Colossians, and there's another scripture too, but it says... Um, 
Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert in it. In what? Stay alert in it prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert in prayer with thanksgiving. See, too many people in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in local churches just like this, they really do not know the power of prayer, and that God wants them to devote themselves to prayer, to see things change in their own life, to see things change in their church, to see things change in their city, and to see things change in the nation and the world. We're to be devoted to prayer. This word devote means to be dedicated, steadfast, zealous, and also it has to do with energy. I like that. We need to get in the war room. There's energy when we're praying. Energy released to change things. And energy to change us too. I, I tell you what, we need to be expecting some change. In ourselves as well as situations too. We all need to change. And you know, if you're sitting next to your husband or wife, you ought to tell, say, she's right. You need to change. Well, you didn't laugh enough on that. No, see, that's what we like to do, isn't it? You need to change. No, I'm telling you, we need to change. And prayer is one of those things that will change us. Now, I want to tell you what devoted prayer looks like. Are you ready? Devoted prayer is free and unstructured. Bless God, we get into prayer and we cut down in prayer. But at the same time, devoted prayer is very structured. Now you say, what do you mean? I'm telling you there's a time to be free and unstructured in prayer, and then there's a time to be structured. There's a time to where you don't take any lists in, but there's a time when you need that prayer list. That's what devoted prayer looks like. You see, somebody said, no, it's just freedom in the Spirit. I love freedom in the Spirit. But there's time for structure when it comes to prayer. You've got one, two, three, four, five on a list, and they need to be covered. And it may not be your highlight, but it's things that need to be prayed about. And God wants you to take it to Him in prayer. That's what devoted prayer is. You're devoted to it. Amen? So it's free and unstructured, or formed and structured. It's both spontaneous, and that is we just pray all the time. And then we have a set time to pray. That's what devoted prayer is all about. Now, I started talking about this last time, but I didn't have an opportunity to finish it because I didn't want to go too long. So it's free and unstructured. It's formed and structured. And devoted prayer is spontaneous and then at the same time, you have a set time to pray. I can pray anytime I want. I pray in my car. I pray, you know, when I'm out walking, when I'm doing my exercise on my bike, you know, whatever the case may be. But then I have a set time that I like to pray and I go to my place of prayer. And I can 
eat when I'm in there. I may take a list and I may pray over the things that God has given me that have come across my path, the people I need to pray for, the circumstances I need to pray for. And, and then at the same time, the devoted prayer can just, I don't have to have a list. There's so many things on my heart I want to talk to God about. You know, I can just be spontaneous in that. And then also devoted prayer is when we pray alone. And it's also devoted prayer is when we pray with the assembly. I want this body to get a vision for praying with the assembly. Such power in that united prayer. You know, in the book of Acts, the place was shaken when they began to pray. And then devoted prayer is praying from the heart and again, praying with lists. Okay? Um, now, is that enlightening to you to understand that and to know that? Well, I, ju I just feel like I just want to be free when I pray. Yes, there's a time for that. But there's also a time for you to pray about the things that you know. You know, you know people that are going through difficulty, divorce, sickness, financial. You need to write those people's names down. And you, you know, it, the influence that we have in prayer is so great. And if you are connected to someone, if you don't pray, do you know that nobody else may be praying for those people? Nobody else. So, well, you can say, well, you know, you just pray. No, every one of us has a responsibility to pray, and that's what one of the things I want us to see here tonight. Uh, let's look at Philippians 4, 6, and I'm, I'm, if you'll put it up in the Amplified Bible, it's, uh, again, a scripture that probably many of us are familiar with, Philippians 4, 6, in the Amplified, and we're going to read it. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. That's pretty straightforward. Do not but in every circumstances and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Now leave that up there because I'm going to look at that for a minute. Okay, so we can see we're not to have anxiety about anything, but what are we supposed to do? No anxiety, but you pray. How do you deal with anxiety? You pray. Now listen to what it says. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer, now listen to this, and petition or definite request. You see, some people, many people, don't make definite requests. What, what is it that you want in prayer? What is it that you're asking God for in prayer? Well, I, I don't know if I should do that. Well, am I reading out of the Bible? He said, with definite request in every circumstance, in every situation, pray with definite request. Now, I told you this last time, and I think, I think it bears repeating. You do make definite requests, but, you know, it's like, you know, I, I prayed with people for personal items that they're believing God for. Say a car, they need transportation. Their car's just not 
holding up and they need a car. So if they ask me to pray with them, okay, we make a definite request and we pray. But I tell them at the same time, now be open. If God brings you something better, don't don't just paint him into a corner where if he, you know, well, that's not what I prayed about. It's like, no, it probably is better than what you prayed about. So you might need to look at it and examine it a little bit, you know. So... But in saying that, I'm not, I'm, I'm agreeing here with definite requests, but be open to the Lord. Don't let the devil steal from you, but be open to the Lord. Definite requests. Well, I, I would be, I, I would feel really bad to ask God for that. Well, he, he is not going to feel bad about that at all. He, he's going to say, look, there's one of my faith children right there. And when you pray definite requests and you're not worrying, you cast that care on the Lord and you do it the right way and you believe God's word, you believe you receive it when you pray, guess what? You got it. When did you get that new car when we prayed? When did you get that house you need for your family that's growing? When do you get when you pray? Not when you see it. Not when you get the keys to walk into it. Not when the realtor says, you know, here it's yours. No, you get it when you pray. That's the way you get anything. Now I'm talking about material things because it's easy to relate to that, but there's so many things that are not material uh, things and, you know, that we pray about that we need from the Lord and we can get them, amen? Now, um, we need to pray the Word of God as our guide. His Word is His will, so always remember that. If you stay within those parameters, you're not going to get out somewhere and get in trouble. If you see it in the Bible, rightly divide it. Don't take things out of context. You know, with uh, let the word be established with two or three witnesses. In other words, there's other scripture that give you the promise. You take that. See, people take things out of the Bible. They extract them out. Baptize for the dead being one of them. You know, we make a doctrine on things. But it's mentioned one time. But see, you see what I'm saying? You let... It be established by two or three witnesses in the Word of God. And so when you do that, you can take the Word of God. It is His will. What is the will of God? You read His Word, it is the will. I didn't know that for a long time. And that was power to me when I found out that the Word was His will. We pray for things. When we, we should pray for things when we have a strong desire and have a heart for it. Now, let me tell you, if you pray for things and you're half-hearted about it, you're not going to get it, and then it's going to hurt your faith, and then you'll start saying, or maybe if you don't say it, you'll start thinking, well, I guess God didn't want me to have that. So, when you pray for those things you desire, see, there has to be a desire in your heart. And you desire it, then you can have it. So don't pray half-hearted prayers. If you need to wait before you pray, go ahead and do that. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.